Listen up. Are you a woman who's in a midlife career change or maybe even thinking about one? Or wait a minute, maybe you're just a woman who wants to get some time away with other like-minded women and just relax and enjoy yourself. Or maybe you just want some time away from the hustle and bustle of the week and you just want to kick back and have a good time. Or you could be all three. Then I want you to head over to SherryGoodall411.com forward slash unplugged. May 15th through the 17th, we're doing a retreat just for women at the Temple in the Woods Bed and Breakfast in Virginia. We have life coach Claudette Gadsen who's going to be there and she's going to be teaching you all kinds of great things that you can use, tools in your personal and professional life. I'll be working with you on tools for your personal and professional life and yoga expert Jen Carter, owner of Yoga with Jen, will be there to help us get started with our Unplugged Unwind weekend. We're going to retreat, refocus, and reinvent ourselves. Head over to SherryGoodall411.com forward slash unplugged. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast, where we talk about marketing, random thoughts, midlife career changes, and everything in between. I am your host, Sherry Goodall. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast. This is the podcast for women and men who may be encore career professionals, where I talk about all things that make me who I am and the craziness in between. (laughs) I am excited to kick off this year, 2020, with a special guest, someone who I admire and um, had met several years ago. And uh, just in watching her, to be quite honest, on social media and um, read her book and just thought this would be a great way to start the year and introduce you to her as well. Her name is Lisa Ann Landry. She is a coach and international corporate trainer. She teaches on a variety of topics and she specializes in social media marketing. She has recently made a career change herself into uh, the world of insurance, healthcare and insurance. And she'll be able to tell you more about that but today, Lisa Ann and I are going to be talking to you about being an encore career professional. It's a term that I realize a lot of people aren't familiar with, but once we explain it, I think people know what it means and they start telling me their stories. So without further ado, let me bring Lisa Ann on. Lisa Ann, are you there? I'm here. Hi, everyone. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you, Sherry, for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't imagine starting this year with anybody other than you. Oh, thank you for that. That is so sweet. Well, let's jump into the topic. You know, we're talking about being an encore career professional. Um, For people who may not have seen, um, we actually did a Facebook call um, on my Facebook page. So if you go over to the FB.me, I am Sherry Goodall, you can find it there or in our group, likes, comments, and shares. But 
Lisa Ann and I did a call in um, 2019 about um, her book on social media marketing. Uh, but one of the things that came up in that discussion is that she told me she was an encore career professional. Lisa, how do you define encore career? Oh, dang. I wanted to hear your definition first. So, but Okay, I'll go first. I, okay, go, please. Okay. This, so the way I define encore career professionals are generally they're people in the ages of 45-ish and over who have decided that they um, need a career that is more fulfilling, that they wanna do something completely different, maybe completely different than what they're doing. But the more important part is that they're looking to do a career that brings them fulfillment. Oh, well, that's beautiful. I, I, that's totally different than, than what I had perceived it to be. And, but what I do, always aligns with that. So uh, let me just tell you something that I wasn't really going to tell anybody, but I just had my 60th birthday in December. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And I um, am full of life and full of energy. I always love learning, but I do remember, and maybe you remember this, I know a lot. I, I often ask audience members, do you remember when you graduated from high school and you thought, I am done? Or, or maybe it was college, right? You graduated from college and you thought, I am done. I am never, ever, ever going to have to go back to school and learn anything again. And, <laughs> yes. you know, when I think back to that, I'm like, that is so hysterical because I'm a perpetual forever student. And when I look back over my career, you know, I really reinvent myself and move into other career fields about every 10 years. So I worked for IBM for 14 years and I was a technical professional and I trained technical professionals and I was always kind of been in the realm of training, coaching and management. So, so everything I do kind of aligns with educating people, coaching them, helping them manage their careers and things like that. So I love that, but it's taken me into different like career paths. So uh, at IBM, what I really, really wanted to do when I was there is work in the leadership development division, which was in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I was on the fast track to get there, but it occurred to me in my first management position that I had to have in order to train managers and executives. I took that position, but the only reason why was to get to the leadership development division. So it's really like a corporate university. Well, I was looking around and checking things out, trying to figure out how long it would take me to get there. And I figured out that it looked like I was never going to get there because the people who went to the leadership development division, they never quit, they never retired, and they never died. So I was never going to get to go. Oh, so my goodness. I, in 1995, I left IBM and I became a, you know, consultant trainer. I trained all over the United States in management and leadership type of topics in diversity. I worked with the father of diversity. His name is Roosevelt Thomas. He's since passed. But I, I did training kind of work from 1995 to 2015 and wow. all over the United States. But then the training, you know, work, it leads you into different 
different paths also. So I've always been good at the soft skill stuff, management, time management, leadership, and that kind of thing. But around 2008, the economy got really bad. And when the economy gets bad, training dollars evaporate. And so people don't take training anymore. So the training rooms were empty, and I did not have a lot of work. So I was accustomed to having, you know, four weeks of contracts a year, and I had gotten down to like four days a month, and that's not enough to make all my ends meet. So uh, in 2008, I started looking around um, for uh, other opportunities and thinking, you know, whenever the economy gets bad, I've just learned, instead of freaking out and trying to go get a real job, because what I do is real, right? But instead uh-huh. of going to get a corporate job, I would think, okay, this is time to reinvent myself. And really, I didn't really want to do it because, you know, in 2008 was not that bad for me. But my colleagues who were doing the same kind of work were going bankrupt. They were losing their homes and their cars and their things. And I, and I thought, well, you know, I'm special. This is not going to hit me. It hit me in 2009. So in 2009, I started reaching out to my colleagues who were uh, executive coaches and business coaches and marketing professionals and ask them, what kind of things are you doing to get through this bad economy? And that is when I was introduced to social media. And I was introduced to it by a, a well-known social media coach and business coach in the San Francisco area. She was very popular, uh, very good at it. And when she told me about social media, I said, that's just stupid. I'm not doing that. I'm not wasting my time on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like funky acting over it. And she says, uh, social media has completely turned my business around. She told me she had a boot camp and that she's got all kinds of small business owners going through the boot camp. And she said, you can take my boot camp. I won't even charge you anything for it. And I charge a thousand dollars for each person who goes through it, but you can take it. And I, and my, I, I took my little attitude and I thought about it. And I'm like, well, I don't have any work, so I don't have anything to lose. And that boot camp, it totally turned my world around. So that was wow. in 2009. And just all from there, I started to see what was going to happen. You know, I took the boot camp and she constantly pushed me. She says, okay, I need you to start working with me to coach my my clients on social media. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not just good at that good at this. And she says, Yes, you're ready. You're gonna do it. So you better pick something that you think you can do. So I'm like, Okay, I can do LinkedIn because I had been on LinkedIn since 2003 and I was really familiar with it and comfortable with it. But she had me start coaching her client. She turned over that boot camp to me. Together, we wrote a, a social media marketing program for small business owners that's still unused me. I've never updated it. People are still taking that course, and now it's so old, it's like stuff doesn't even exist anymore, but we still get good reviews on it. Wow. So, But I was still doing, you know, seminars and training for the seminar companies, and I could see what was going to happen. 
because none of the seminar companies, none of the colleges and universities were training people on social media, particularly small business owners, on how to leverage it for their business. So I knew that the seminar companies were going to start offering those training programs. And so I reached out to them and I said, hey, when you start offering the programs, I'd like to be one of the people that teaches those programs. So in 2009, I started teaching social media marketing, Facebook marketing, all over the United States. Canada. I went to Australia for a month and taught all over the place. And that that is what really led me to write the book because everybody, my whole life has been on my case about writing a book. You need to write a book. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't have anything to say that hasn't been said already. And you know how authors are. So, but in the seminars that I was doing for social media, the same thing came up over and over again, and it was always about content, what to post, how often to post, how long should it be. And then what started happening as I was getting contracts to do webinars, content marketing, and they were like hour-long webinars. And so, so I had this idea in my head that that could be a book. And that there is a demand for it because people didn't know what kind of content to post. And I was speaking at a retreat of all women entrepreneurs, and I was teaching them how to use LinkedIn to leverage their business. And so after I got through teaching, I got to stay with them like the rest of the three days. And we'd be up at 3 o'clock in the morning drinking wine and talking and stuff. And I met an author, publisher, an editor, publisher. And I'm like, I'm going to write this book. And I said, how much does it cost for you to help me? And she told me the price. I said, I'm writing you a check right now. She said, no, no, no. I said, yes, because if I write you the check and give you all the money, I will do it. And I gave her an outline for the book. It was like 12 bullet points. And we turned 12 bullet points into a 174-page content marketing book. Uh, Amazon best-selling book. So how, that's how I even got to there. Wow. So, but then what I started learning about social media is I thought I was going to go into that field, but being a one-man band social media person, you really need a team of people. So I think like the marketing companies that have teams who have expertise in website development and SEO and content, because it's a really, really time-consuming effort, and I just wasn't able to get enough people to, at one time, to be able to make a living just doing social media for other companies. So I always rather just teach people how to do it. But then that started waning off, and you know, after traveling, I've been to every state, Canada, Australia, Japan, Southeast Asia, Mexico. I've been everywhere, and I am wow. tired of flying around. So <laughs> I, took, I took a contract so I could sit still in one place, and I had a government contract to write training for the Department of Transportation. So it was government-mandated training. I would write the training and deliver the training. But that contract got defunded, and then I'm back in 2008 with not a lot of work to do. So I start looking wow. around for other opportunities, and that, that's what led me into doing health insurance. And I went to the interview, and I had this feeling that I don't think I'm going to do this. And I, I'm not liking this. But 
I can do health insurance anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter where I'm located. I'm licensed in 30 states. And most of the work is online or by the phone. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try because I don't have anything to lose. But I have to tell you, I had an attitude about it for three months. Like I had a funky (laughs) attitude about it, just like I did with social media. (laughs) And that was like in, that was like in my, I had an interview in July of 2013, uh, 17, I'm sorry. And the division manager just loved me. And she thought I would be perfect. And then I had that interview. I was still doing contract training. And, but I didn't know anything about insurance or health insurance or anything. So it was like learning a new language. And that's what social media was like for me too. Like I remember when I first started learning about social media, I had to go on Google and just Google words all the time, like SEO, what's SEO? And what is, you know, TTY and just all the stuff that I didn't yes. I know. And so now I'm in the, I was in the same situation because you have to take an exam to pass an insurance exam so that you can get appointed uh, by the, and then appointed to whatever agency you're working with. So I took two months and I went and studied insurance. And I, you know, most people just go study for a few days and go take the test. And I thought I was going to do that. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to flunk this test if I go try and take it now. So I studied <laughs> straight for four weeks. I get up every day and go to the uh, Panera Bread, give me some coffee, and sit there and study, study, study. I went and took my exam. I passed the first time. And then I got appointed. And still, even when I was appointed, I still had a funky attitude about, I'm not going to really do this. I'm just filling in the gaps with this because this is just really not going to work. And I've done really well. I just got promoted to senior agent, and then my division manager calls me into her office at eight. It's seven forty-five last night. I'm on my way home, and she says, "I really want you to be a a uh, a senior training agent. They're called FTAs, field training agents." Wow. And I'm like, okay, when do you want to do it? She says, I think you're going to get promoted in March. Congratulations. So, so it's just like, so, like, wow. So now I'm excited because I'm like, you know, I feel that I can always be doing better. And I'm always on a case like, what can I do better? What can I need to be doing better? What do I need to do? And they're like, you're doing really well. I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, yes, you are. We don't even know what to tell you to do. Because you're doing everything you're supposed to do. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, I so, think... Go ahead. In listening to your story, it's interesting because it seems like whenever you're about to transition, something appears, and then you have an attitude about it, but then you master I do. it. I do. <laughs> I have an attitude. And, I, and let me tell you, I know I'm not the only one who likes it like this. Your attitude can get in your way of your success. And so it took me a lot longer. I could have done better had I not let my attitude get in the way. I could have done better faster. And what's interesting is other people who started with me, they did really well, really fast, but they're not around anymore. It's really interesting. They're not around anymore. And that wow. it, this takes, it's a long-term like game. Like you you have to be committed to the long term 
just like social media, you know, social media, you're not going to go viral with your first video. Most people don't. I mean, some do, but most of us don't. You know, your first post is not going to get a million likes, but you got to continually participate and be involved so that people know you're there. And really interesting, I get a whole lot of business from Facebook and LinkedIn. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's hang out here in this conversation for a second, because you said something that I think is key. You have to be committed to the long term. Um, and, and when people are thinking about they want to make a change, you know, I was going to ask you, when did you know that you wanted to make a change? But I'll, I'll talk well, a little bit about that, too. But go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, you know, I I didn't want to make a change, but I have to find a way to make a living in a way that I enjoy. And insurance, when people hear that word, it turns them off. I mean, me too, right? And then when you look at my career and what I do, how does insurance align with that? But I am a U.S. health advisor is what I tell people I am. So what I do is advise people on their options. Okay, that's just training and coaching, which I have always done since I popped out. So you see, like, the way the money flows in is just different than the other ways, but the way that I do it aligns with who I am and what I've always been. Like, I've always been a person who enjoyed coaching people and training them to be their best, to be better than their past best. Yes. So this yeah, a, I think that's the key. It, it, it does. And I think that's so key um, because actually one of the other things I was going to ask you about is how do you decide what you want to do? And I think it's important. Uh, you do what makes you happy. That's the answer to it. You have to find out what makes you happy. Um, I can tell you from my personal experience, um, you know, you were one of the first people I contacted when I decided to leave my job. Wow. <laughs> and, Yes, you were one of the first people I contacted. I shot you a message and a few other people and was like, okay, I quit. <laughs> but wow. And I know that, told you were crazy, didn't they? <laughs> say that again? So I know people told you you were crazy, didn't they? Listen, they're still telling me that. And I'm rounding mm-hmm. into my third year of having wow. resigned my, my job. Oh, my God. So, yeah. That's they're so still cool. they're still coming at me, but here's the thing: well, I, um, you have to do what makes you happy. Right, and I am yeah, so and, proud of you and envious because I you went to Full Sail University to get yes. your degree, and and I wanted to go there so bad, but I could not make that fit my budget. And I just I, I just really admire what you did. Oh, thank you. What you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, and for the listeners, a little backstory on that. Lisa Ann is being very, a little modest. Um, she actually, I went to a seminar that she taught on social media and was so impacted by it and fell so in love with the subject matter and the way she presented that I actually went back to my then job and asked my boss to allow me to transition my role in the company to working on social media, and I enrolled in college to get my master's degree in um, digital marketing. And that is so smart. That's into, so strategic. 
Yeah, thank you. But it, it really, you know, had you not been the presenter that you are, um, I think I would have kind of walked away with a different feeling. But I left out of your seminar being excited about social media. Um, and at that time, that was almost 10 years ago, Lisa, believe it or not. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? But it was mm -hmm. it was still very new. And from a marketing perspective, I really saw the opportunity laying on the table that companies were not taking advantage of. And I felt exactly. like the company could take advantage of it. And I could position myself for long term in the company by becoming pretty much the go-to person because nobody else was thinking about it. So right. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dump all the way in. And I went that back to school so for smart. it. That is so smart. And that, you know, I'm kind of in the same position with the health insurance that I do. So because the health insurance products that I offer are private plans. And what I've learned is most people don't know that private plans exist. People who have employer coverage, they never have to deal with health insurance. But people who have their own small businesses or work for companies that don't provide insurance, they have to look for insurance through other avenues. And most yes. think the only option is the Obamacare plans or the ACA plans, which have their place, especially for people who are unhealthy or people who would need a supplement, but a person who doesn't need a supplement and is really healthy, their insurance will be really, really expensive, and that's where private plans come into play. So it's the same kind of thing. Like it's a leading-edge kind of customizable product available to people, but they don't know it's out there. So, well, can you talk uh, about that a little bit? Because, um, again, we're talking to Encore career professionals. Some, like myself, will be full-time self-employed. And you're right. A lot of people think that Obamacare is the only option and they can't afford it. Um, I will say that probably about 20 years ago, I jumped into the arena of self-employment again. And part of why I gave it up was because it was extremely expensive to just survive trying to build a business with things right. like insurance and um, health care coverage and, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of things. So what are some of the options that, that um, solopreneurs and small businesses can look at now? So what, what I'll tell you what their options are, but for, my first answer is to reach out to a licensed health insurance agent like myself and let me do all the work for you. You would have to give me your information, your zip codes, your height and weight, your date of birth, any pre-existing conditions, any prescription medications you take, and I need that information for everyone that you will want covered, and then I will go research the options out there. So I look at the ACA marketplace, I look at private plans, and then I come back to you and say, here's what I found, here's what it means, here is what I think the best option for you is. So oh. now my answer to your question is that if you're an individual who makes less than $40,000 a year, the ACA marketplace would supplement your premium. So it's possible that you have a monthly premium of $0 a month, but your deductible will be between $3,000 to $7,500 every single year. So that means you have to pay for your medical services until you meet that deductible. Does that make sense, what I said so far? 
Absolutely. So if you if you have that income level, it's a really great option for you. But if your income, if you're an individual and your income is $100,000, actually, if your income is $50,000, you won't qualify for a supplement on the ACA marketplace. So your premium could be like $800 a month, $900 a month. So that's where a private plan might be a better option for you because the private plans that I offer are PPO plans and they would be about half the price you would pay on the ACA marketplace if you don't qualify for a supplement. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Okay, and that makes sense. These plans, the, the private plans, they have no deductible or copay for doctor visits. So that means you don't have to meet an annual deductible every single year. There is a catastrophic safety net built into the plan. The most affordable plan has a catastrophic safety net. So if something major happens, life-threatening cancer, or you have a stroke or heart attack, you need an organ transplant, that's going to be really, really costly. You can exercise the one-time right to upgrade the plan. In most states, the deductible to do that upgrade is $3,000. In some states, it's $4,000. But once you meet the deductible, your medical is covered 100%. Got it. Got it. Well, that's so, good to know. Yeah, yeah. And then there are other, you know, sometimes people are not price They want the best plan. So I have a more traditional plan that has a $5,000 deductible. And then once the deductible is met, medical is covered 100%. But still, it's a PPO and there's no deductible or copay for doctor visits. So those Got are it. options that people just don't know about. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I'm not sure if it's me. Are you hearing me okay? Because you're you're uh, kind of sounding wavy a little bit. Because I'm moving and talking, I gotta move my hands and my head when I'm talking to you. So <laughs> <be still. laughs> Are you a hand talker like me? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's good to know. I think it's important uh, that people have that information and understand, because if you're thinking about becoming an Encore career per professional, which, again, going back to that, we want to look at people who are looking to maybe either completely change the careers that they're in or look at changing um, how they are showing up in those careers, right? So my story is that I absolutely unequivocally love marketing. I love everything about marketing. Um, and really, as I already said, was at a career, um, at a job where I was doing marketing. I had been there for 13 years and worked in various aspects of marketing. Um, but it got to the point that I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I laugh sometimes among my friends. I, I tease and say that I don't know if women have midlife crises. But if so, then I'm probably having one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this kicked in around the age of 48 for me. And I started really questioning myself. Like I needed something more than just going to a job and getting a paycheck. Obviously, paychecks are very important. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Um, I knew that 50 was right around the corner. And uh, my my concern and a sincere concern. I mean, there were nights I went to bed crying because I really was concerned 
what was the next 50 years going to look like? Because it is my goal to live to be a centurion. I want to live to be 100. I want to wow. be the little lady that was at the Obama um, White House and she was dancing because she was so happy because she never thought she'd see a Black president in her lifetime. So I want to be 100 talking to people about what I've seen in 100 years, right? And in order to do that, I have been the mom, the daughter, the friend, everything that everybody wanted me to do, except for what Sherry really, really, really wanted to do. Because it was the right thing to do. And so in this point, I had to decide what makes Sherry happy. And not that the other things made me unhappy, because they didn't. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I did my role in it. But I really, really started to think, what is the next stage? What's the next stage? I, as my cousin says, you're at the 50-yard line. What are you going to do, cuz? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for the for the touchdown, you know? And what's that look like? So, um, you know, when do you know that you want to change? I think my answer to that question is, you know you want to change when you can't sleep at night, when it right. keeps coming up, when you... Like it, it, it's like a sand in your shoe that you can't seem to find where it is, but it's still mm -hmm. like brushing your feet and irritating you. Mm -hmm. um, what, when do you know that you're about to change careers again? Same thing. Because you make drastic changes. When I when I can't sleep at night, like I would get anxiety attacks, and I and when I think back over when I was having anxiety attacks, it was in the in the mer or in the in the verge of a career change, and I, yes. I and I it's weird because my anxiety attacks is over income, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. steady income and things like that, and and I am not going to do just anything to make money because I can always make money. I mean, it's easy for me to go do training, but but the travel is exhausting. So I just I just needed to. I know I'm on the verge when I have those anxiety attacks, and I was having anxiety over this career move because I wasn't really clear about the industry and the business and how it works, and now I'm much more clear, and and I understand. And I see I work with people who, several people, who make over a million dollars a year in sales. Wow. Every day. Wow. Every day their phones are ringing up the hook. So uh, I work with people who I know it can happen. And I'm every bit as smart as those people. So uh, can I answer the question? You absolutely answered the question. And yeah, because I, I will say that, you know, like I said, I went to bed crying at night. What I don't often tell people, and I'll, you know, I'll reveal it here. I went through, um, a situation where I physically made myself so sick and stressed out that I ended up in the doctor and I, I, I was at the doctor's office and I kept saying something's not right like I can't remember anything I cry at the drop of a dime I thought I was going through menopause I really did I was like am I going through mm -hmm. menopause what's happening and so the more she worked through it she said Miss Cadall you're actually suffering from exhaustion I didn't know that was a real thing. I mean, we all say, oh, wow. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. you know? I didn't know that it had physical attributes and mental attributes. 
Um, she actually took me out of work that day. She said, I do not want you to go back to work. My blood pressure was high. My cholesterol was high. My weight was high. I was having major back spasms. Um, and I was severely depressed. And she said, you cannot go back to your office. You cannot go back. And I sat there and cried because, of course, the first thing I said was, oh, my God, but I've got this project due and I've got people that right. report to me that I've got to do and mm -hmm. I got bills to pay. And if you take me out of work, I'm going to have to go on, you know, long term disability or whatever short term disability. And so I was like, how am I going to pay my bill? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it all comes flowing out. But I ended up being out of work for almost almost a full eight to ten weeks. And mm. the first few weeks, actually the first week, I didn't tell anybody, nobody. And by the second week, I, my friends were calling to check on me and I knew I had a problem because Lisa Ann, I was in the bed for almost two weeks. The only time I got up was to go to the restroom and maybe mm. eat. And I mm. cried. I never opened the shades. And that's when I knew I was in a depressed state. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that it was more than just like not enjoying the job anymore. It was the job is stressing me out. My concerns and, and questions are stressing me out and I have to make a change. And that's how I knew like something had mm -hmm. to change. Yeah. So, yeah. When you know that you're ready to do that, how do you prepare for what's next? And I heard you say that you um, have taken courses or you did the boot camp, but is there any personal preparation that you do? Uh, do you start like maybe researching? Uh, oh, or? I'm so glad you asked that question. Okay, so here's one thing that uh, I think people have to embrace the idea is that whenever you're learning something new, it's hard until it's not hard anymore. Mm -hmm. right? Social media was really, really hard for me. It would make my brain hurt because I didn't understand anything that they were talking about. I didn't understand any of the stuff and I wanted to quit every single day until I didn't want to quit anymore because I just stuck <laughs> at it. And the insurance is the same way. Like, like, I have to make 500 calls a day before I even submit an application. Just because I submit the application doesn't mean it's going to be approved. And so you can, you can give up every day, right? Every day because people are cussing you out. They don't answer the phone. They never return your calls or your voicemails or your text messages. And when people do call me, they're really messed up. I usually can't help them. I got to send them to the APA. And so you get in this situation where you feel like this is just hopeless. It's too hard. Everything new is hard until it's not new anymore. So that's one thing that I constantly have to remind myself that this is hard because it's new. And once you get it, you'll be golden. Yes, I like that. Say that again. Hey, you have to listen to the recording. <laughs> Everything <laughs> new. Everything new is hard. I don't remember what I said. It no, it's not new said, anymore. This is hard because it's new, and everything you do once you get it will be golden. Is that it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so, an application. So you can't live up to like, stuff. Like, we should write that down. <laughs> yes. 
and in, in the words of our good, good girlfriend in my head, Oprah Winfrey, she says, that's quote, quotable, tweet, tweetable. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm gonna no, take a me... pause uh, so okay. that I can have a break here and then we'll come right back. Okay. So we're gonna count down five, four, three, two, one. And we're back. All right. So we left off talking about um, everything kind of coming together and knowing um, how you prepare for it. And you were talking about, Lisa Ann, about how you know um, when you're ready, uh, you know, and you said that you kind of stick in there and know that it's it's hard until it's it's not. Do you do any type of like um, maybe work with a coach or do you join any groups or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. So when I was an international trainer, I was never able to join groups because I was always somewhere different. Like I was mm -hmm. never at home on Friday or I was always gone. I was always traveling on a plane or something. So now that I'm more stationary, I have joined uh, groups, and um, and I I don't I don't like joining groups. Like I don't like networking because it's time consuming. But it's just like social media, so you have <laughs> to spend the time to do it so people get to know your face and know your name. So. I belong to a networking group called Power Core, and I think they're only in Georgia. I don't think they're nationwide. Many of my colleagues belong to BNI, Business Networking International, and yes. I specifically chose not to join BNI because it's filled with U.S. health advisors like myself. So in the networking group I'm in, there are like maybe 26 branches all over Georgia, because there are no U.S. health advisors, there was, there was only one other. I get to sub on those groups, on any of those groups, any of those 36 groups. So normally you can't oh. sub if there's another health insurance agent on the team. Well, most other health insurance agents do Medicare. I do young people. I do people under 65. So I'm able to go sub on other groups. So my name gets in front of attorneys, real estate agents, CPAs, accountants, estate planning attorneys, uh, realty attorneys, uh, and accident attorneys, divorce attorneys. All of these people have mm -hmm. clients who need health insurance. So I, I know what BNI is. I'm familiar with it. Um, but I know some of the listeners probably have never heard of it or don't understand how that kind of works. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how PowerCore or BNI, like the premise of the way those networking groups work? Okay. So uh, PowerCore is very similar to BNI, and the president of PowerCore is an excellent trainer. And so she will train you on how to provide uh, information in it about your business, which I always tell my group uh, to leverage their info minute and repurpose it for social media. So post it on Facebook and LinkedIn, but your, your group 
uh, we meet in the mornings. My group meets at 7 a.m. on Friday mornings until 8.30. And what I love about my group, we get in, we take care of business, and we are done at 8.30 or sooner. And then we're out the door onto our, our business, you know, our next meeting or whatnot. And then in the group, each person in the group, the purpose of the group is to educate the members about your products and services so they can become your marketing force. So it's not really about giving business from the group members. It's about educating them. So when they come across someone who needs your product or service, you're the first person who comes to their mind. So in your group, you'll never have another person in the group who does what you do. So there's only one health insurance agent. There's only one accountant, financial planner, real estate lawyer, real estate agent, property manager. There's only one. And we're taught to get up and in 60 seconds do an info minute about our business. And uh, every week, two people have the opportunity to do a seven-minute presentation about their business. So uh, I strategically joined PowerCore in November of 2018, November the 1st was the first day of open enrollment mm -hmm. and I really didn't think I was going to get any business because it takes about six months to a year for things really start you really start getting referrals from your team okay. I got a bunch of referrals as soon as I joined awesome and so it's been really really good for my business and then the other thing is I tell other agents I said, you should go visit the PowerCore group and join, you know, a group. And so they come back after they visited and said, well, everybody knows your name. Like, they know that you're a health insurance agent. And if anybody needs health insurance, they're going to send them to you. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> but if you join, I mean, but if they join the team, that business would go to them, not to me. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. But, but, but I was excited to know. People know my name. I, I don't know who they were talking about, but they know my name. They know I'm a health insurance agent. They know how to find me. And if something comes up and somebody needs health insurance, they're probably going to send them my way. And how did you find PowerCore or how do people find groups similar to that? Because I think what a lot of people I know look for are things like um, Toastmasters and and you know, or networking groups on Meetup, but these are very specific type of networking groups. Well, the thing with these groups too, there's a fee associated to, with participating and those fees can be hefty. So, you know, I'm happy to say the referrals I've gotten has paid, have covered the fee. So those Meetup groups are nice because they're free. But you, but it's recommended that a entrepreneur belong to different kinds of networking groups. So you belong to your chamber, for example. You belong to a BNI type of group, and then you belong to a group of people that you have affinity with. So, like there is a group of uh, a Facebook group of uh, uh, it's called Inch. Uh, marketing for insurance agents. So I belong to that group. There are thousands of different types of insurance agents that belong to that group. So sometimes when I get a client that I can't help, I'll reach out to my group and say, hey, 
who can insure this type of person? Are you licensed in this state? If yes, please give me a call, give me your number, and I'll call you. So, yeah. so you can you can find those groups by just doing a search on like search for BNI and because BNI is international, so it's all over the United States. Uh, and you can search for your type of group, like do a keyword search, like insurance agents or female insurance agents networking group or, you know, something like that. The yeah. chamber can probably help you find out what's local. The, the SBA could probably help you find out what local groups that you might belong to. And then, you know, Toastmasters is great for developing your skills to present. Uh, the National Speakers Association is great for the same reason. Um, and then there are other groups that I wanted to, uh, um, uh, the, the uh, what is the name of that group I'm thinking of? I spoke for them too. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. Rotary. The Rotary. So, so, so you can either if you if you still get like the local paper, there's a, a section in the local paper that will talk about Kiwanis and Rotary. Those are great places to go and visit and ask them if they need a presenter because you'll get a chance to get up and present about your business. And they, they're they're looking to build their membership, but you can always go visit once or twice for free without having to join. Good, good. That's excellent advice. Um, I know several um, of my friends who are entrepreneurs um, are very heavy into being involved in their chamber. Um, and mm -hmm. one friend in particular, um, shout out to my, my good girlfriend, Bobby Bainey up in Illinois. She uh, has Think Big, Go Local, and she actually, her business, a lot of her business came through the, her work with the chamber, and um, hence her company is Think Big, Go Local. She works with local businesses um, in her area on their marketing and social media and things like that. So, you know, again, like you said, Lisa, and there are paid groups, and then there's some free resources. I also want to make sure um, we reiterate one thing that you said, which is um, getting into Facebook groups and being able to share information. It is a great way to not only connect with people in your field, but also find out other information to help you grow. There is power in groups. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed, Lisa Ann, but Facebook is really pushing people towards groups. Like I get emails now from them that say, oh, okay. here's some groups you may be interested in. Okay, cool. So I they're starting. Yeah, but they're my, really starting to promote that. And and you know when you join these physical networking groups, you can get your group to leverage Facebook groups. So for instance, my Power Core group, we belong to a Facebook group called um, the Peachtree Bubble, the PCT Bubble, which is a little you know city around here. Then we also mm -hmm. have a group called Living Fabulous in Fayetteville. So all of my Power Core team belongs to those groups. So what happens is those little city groups, they are really, really active. And people will come on and say, hey, I need a recommendation for a painter. 
And so we got a painter, a guy who owns Serta Pole Painters of Fayetteville in our group, so we all will recommend him on that post. And so after a person sees this guy's name five times, they're like, oh, well, maybe he's good. Maybe I should call him. So that's what we mm-hmm. do for each other. So if they see someone who's looking for a health insurance agent, they'll say, oh, you need to talk to Lisa. Here's her phone number. Here's her Facebook page. And then everybody else in my, my power core group will do the same thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's the power of social media. And I think, you know, to our own, our own um, expertise and background, that's what made us fall in love with it. Right. 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 Exactly. Yep. That you have a you have an online marketing force that's giving you shout outs and telling people about your work that that causes you to get business. Exactly. Yes. So believe it or not, we've been here almost an hour and I wanna um start to wrap things up a little bit. Uh, I want to let people know how they can find you. Um, I know you you have a Facebook page. And your Facebook page is Lisa, it's uh, Facebook.com, and your Facebook name is Insurance Lisa Landry, correct? Yes. Okay, and Lisa Landry, that's spelled L-A-N-D-R-Y. And then if they're looking for you on LinkedIn, you're Lisa A. Landry. Yes. Do you have do you have a preference on how people reach out to you, or are you just anywhere that they need uh, to reach you? Any way that works with them. So my contact information is pasted everywhere, like on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and it's just I have some old Facebook pages that I haven't done anything with. That sometimes people will go to those, and I really need to take them down. I just haven't taken the time to do it. So yeah, but you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn is what I use most of all okay so those two and, things yeah and anybody looking to get a hold of lisa ann's book you can find it on amazon it's called content marketing how to get started by lisa ann landry and um you know i thank you again so much for being here and enjoyed talking to you i've got to have you back on because i know there's so much more for us to talk about <laughs> well it is my pleasure i'll be back anytime you want me <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. And um, you make it a great year. I know 2020 is going to be the year that we all are going to grow and prosper and is a year of clear and perfect vision. So, you know, I can't wait to have you back and find out what what new has jumped off in your life. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much and happy new year to you. Same to you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Want to know how you can turn your followers into clients? Well, TapLink offers your followers a convenient way to communicate with you and pay for goods and services directly on your Instagram account. You get multiple links, including links to your other social networks, micro landing pages, forms, and payment options, all from your Instagram bio link. It's easy to set up and no credit card is required. Go to taplink.cc forward slash I am Sherry Goodall or click the link in this episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You can listen to me on all of your favorite podcast platforms. 
And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, head over to patreon.com forward slash I am Sherry Goodall and be a part of my Patreon community where you'll get early access to content, videos, and much more.